to One Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. And for more information, please visit us on the web at onechurch.net. Mother's Day, and um, you know, I think every year I somehow end up speaking on Mother's Day, and then after the fact, I'm like, why did I speak on Mother's Day? I should let somebody else that knows about motherhood speak on Mother's Day, and uh, so today we have uh, some great mothers that are going to be speaking uh, today. Okay, so here's what I'm going to tell you guys. Uh, How many of you know when you're up here, it just is so much helpful to get a little extra encouragement? Anybody know what I'm talking about? And so today is not the day to take your nap. You won't even want to. That will be some weeks when you move to another church in the future, you'll take a nap, okay? But today that will not be uh, the case. And so I want to encourage you to get a Bible if you don't have one or open an app on your phone. We're going to hear from three moms today on the theme of motherhood. And so I'm just going to introduce them. First, we'll have uh, Jennifer, my wife. The mother of my children will be coming. And then Justine Johnson, my name, twin, will be coming. And then Marsha Thorsell will be coming. Whoop, whoop. Coming to embarrass Kendall, we hope. We hope there will be some embarrassment for Kendall uh, coming up. But in all seriousness, all of these, we're so blessed as a church. Honestly, we're so blessed uh, with so many little children, but but also just the, the caliber of uh, mentors and influencers in all seasons of life that God has put within this church. And um, and these three women are just at the top of that list, and there's so much wisdom and understanding. So I just told them today, just speak from your heart, and uh, you don't have to preach, you know, something that you don't have to put something on, kind of a preacher persona. Just be yourself uh, today, and I believe God's going to speak to us. And so, first of all, would you guys put your hands together for Jennifer as she comes? She looks so good. Good morning. I'm so excited that I get to share today. It's really an honor to be able to speak on Mother's Day. But my prayer is that every one of you, not just the moms, leaves here having heard from God and is left, leaves with um, hope, encouragement, and inspiration this morning. Well, each of us are going to take an aspect of motherhood. And so I chose to speak on how motherhood is surrender. All of you are probably thinking, duh, we know motherhood is surrender. But I want to look at it from God's perspective and how beautiful surrender is. Um, uh, About a year ago, Justin and I watched a really hilarious Saturday Night Live sketch. Maybe some of you have seen it. It's the setting is um, a new mom's baby shower. And they're sitting around and the gifts have all been open. (laughs) And the mom's all creepily begin to tell this new mom all about what new mom life is going to be like. And the one thing they say is that you're going to have to get this mom cut, this mom haircut. And so they start saying, the cut, the cut. And so the woman is sitting here with beautiful, long, flowing hair, and she's freaked out of her mind, like, oh, no. And then they start telling her all these weird things she's going to start doing, like collecting gift bags and reusing them. And... (laughs) decorating with awful things, and uh, anyway, she's freaked out, and it's hilarious. I love it, but as I prepared for the message on surrender, I thought about how awesome would it be if us moms who have come to a place of understanding surrender in a beautiful way come 
and surround moms and just talk to them in those moments, the baby showers or at coffee and discipleship moments, um, iron sharpens iron. And we talk about what it looks like in a beautiful way from God's perspective to step into a new chapter, a new calling of life. It does look so different. It changes a whole lot, but it's beautiful. So this morning, I have three thoughts on surrender. Thought number one is surrender to live like Jesus. This is what we've been learning, is to live as a follower of Jesus. But he has one of the best examples of for us moms in what surrender looks like. When Jesus says in John 10, 17, they may put it up there, um, no one takes my life. I freely lay it down. When you think about this and you get it in your heart, it's not just here, it's in your heart, you can jump for joy at the idea of, of stepping into motherhood and being content as a mom, no matter what it looks like. Because being a mom contains a whole lot of mundane things, a whole lot of cleaning up. I don't wash my floors very often. I got the type of floors that look good when you can't really tell. They're dirty. Um, but it never fails when I go to wash them. There's a big spell right away. Like, why did I wash it? Um, so there's just things that we do every day. It's the cooking. It's the cleaning. All of these things. But how, <clears throat> excuse me, how awesome would it be if we could get this in our heart that we're like, these children aren't taking my life. I'm freely giving it. And you will not, you'll be free from the thoughts of what more is there in this life. You're going to walk in joy and peace and love. In eighth grade, my history teacher asked us all, what occupations will matter in times of crisis? And so we were all thinking, okay, what would you actually, what do people actually need? And I thought about that with this message. And everyone's going to need mothers in those moments. You know, a whole lot of careers, a whole lot of ways that we can make money fall away. But people need mothers in those moments. Everyone needs mothers in those moments. Okay, thought number two. The idea, okay, this is a big one, so I'm going to slow down. Thought number two is surrender the idea that you need to make yourself someone great. I'll say it again. Surrender the idea that you need to make yourself someone great. We, were crea we are created in the image of God. The moment you were conceived, you were great. God made you awesome. He put a calling on your life. He knew the moment you were conceived. He knew even before you were conceived that you, who you would be. So you do not need to strive and stress about who you're creating yourself to be. That's the world's message. That is not God's message. He's already told you who you are. If, when you read in his word, he tells you who you are. You don't need to strive and try to help everyone figure out or help everyone see who you are or build yourself up to be something. He's already made you that. And so, again, you'll be content wherever God has you, even if it's in those mundane moments of motherhood. This is such upside-down thinking from the world's perspective. You will not ever see this message glorified on Instagram or um, in the workplace. You will not. Motherhood does not look like anything special in the world's eyes, but God's perspective is that you have a great plan to bring about new life. You're bringing new life. And as you form those kids to reflect God's glory, 
and you reflect his glory, those are the best, those are the eternal moments. That's the eter- God's eternal plan for you and for your kids. Um, someone introduced me to a brand new verse um, that I'd never known about this last summer, and it amazed me. Because um, so often, like, being a new mom, I have a one-year-old daughter. I kind of was like, I'm not praying enough. I'm not, um, you know, I'm not reading my Bible enough. I'm not, there's so many things I'm not doing. And I was just feeling a little bit overwhelmed and frustrated. My life wasn't really looking like a whole lot. Didn't feel like I had a whole lot of ability to do extra than making dinner and cleaning the house. So this woman shared with me Isaiah 40:11, And if you have your Bible or you can make a note, it is awesome because um, there's, actually, I'm going to read the whole, uh, two, two verses. Behold, the Lord God shall come with a strong hand, and his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his work before him. He will fe- feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom. And this is the good part, or the best part for me. And gently lead those who are with young. He gently leads those with young. So you don't have to feel like you're not doing all this stuff. God is gently leading you. It's okay. There's no stress. He's not putting pressure on you to perform. He's just gently leading you as you lead your young. Okay? So just uh, let the burden lift from you today. As long as, and this is kind of a message for all of us, as long as we live in this temporal world, we will have the struggle of dying to self and living to Christ. So thought three is surrender from the idea of a picture-perfect life. And this one's a fun one because one of my very favorite verses in Proverbs is Proverbs 14.4. Where no oxen are, the crib is clean, but much increase is by the strength of the ox. How many of you, my dad used to say, if you have kids, you have nothing else. (laughs) Um, So buy that sofa that has a slip cover. Buy that used car that already has some dents in it. Um, And just live in joy in this season because it's awesome. And if it's full of joy, your kids are going to be joyful. It's not going to be stress and anxiety. Um, You know, our our world loves picture-perfect things. I love a picture-perfect home. I want my bedroom to feel like a hotel. I want my um, house to look like a magazine. When I tell my boys to clean their room, I said, it needs to look like a magazine. And so they understand that they can't just, you know, shove things in the corners. So I just want to encourage you guys to just let the stress, anxiety, all of the picture-perfect stuff, just surrender that to Jesus. And finally, I want to leave you with this verse, Matthew 16, 25. For whoever shall save his life shall lose it, and whoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. So I just hope today that you all leave um, with the ability to freely give your life. Just freely give it and enjoy life and live in joy and contentment in where God has you. And so now, um, let's welcome Justina. She comes to share. This is really scary for me. (laughs) I've never done this before, so be patient with me. Um, (laughs) Thank you. Thanks. Okay. So, happy Mother's Day. Um, 
I, <laughs> I have pictures. Jen, you didn't have pictures. I was told to have pictures, and now I feel like I have, um, okay, lots of pictures. Um, so, Jen, that was so awesome. I am speaking today about finding your purpose in motherhood. I feel like this is something that I've kind of struggled with. Um, so I feel like motherhood is such a huge topic that um, I just needed to talk about my experience in motherhood this far. So um, uh, we don't have pictures of my family, but a lot of you. Well, I had a family picture that um, looks really good. Yeah, everybody is put together. I feel like it's necessary to put this up because my kids don't look like this very often. We don't look like this very often. Most of the time, we're all in like holy sweats. And my kids always have like a ring of dirt around their neck. I don't know if anyone else's kids have that. I'm like, how did you do that? <laughs> I don't even know. Um, so it needs to be documented. Um, so... Yeah, and then um, my kids, that's Dash, the oldest, is six, and Emerson is three, and Archie is our baby who just turned one. Um, so I guess a little tiny background on me. I grew up in the Northwest, and I feel like I also need to say that to add some cool points because I'm a mom now. And um, so I feel like Floridians always love that because they like to vacation in the Northwest. So um, growing up, I felt like my whole identity was in being a creative person. I didn't feel like I was like academic or athletic. I was super shy and awkward and like being creative was my outlet and I felt like full in that. And um, so when I became a Christian, I kind of had to shift that mentality and realize that Christ, I, my identity is in Christ. And um, so it, everything shifted in my life after that. And I feel like after becoming a mom, things shifted again. Now I was a mom, and all of those things that I did before have kind of fallen even further back. And um, there was a time in my motherhood journey so far that I realized, like, I've, I'm kind of feeling lost, and I'm feeling like Jared and I are arguing a lot, and I'm frustrated with my kids, and I'm not feeling like I'm pouring into myself. And so I... I had like this revelation that motherhood and like my purpose and my calling and what made me feel fulfilled didn't have to be separate, that I didn't have to add anything to my schedule, that it could just be a part of my motherhood journey. So I wanted to also show you guys a few pictures of the things that I've been working on in my life recently. Um, and they're kind of embarrassing now that I like think about you guys seeing these. Um, <laughs> there are some pictures of my kids and the things that we've been doing together. So my first point, um, I'll explain them whenever they come out, but um, my first point is to slow down. I feel like, just like Jen was saying, you like move so quickly in motherhood and things feel like they have to be done like right now, like whatever your kids need, it needs to be done right this second, and you just lose yourself completely sometimes to motherhood because they do. They, they need you right now. Like, you're the one that's keeping them alive, right? So um, Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I feel like that, that verse really impacted my life because I was moving so quickly, and I wasn't spending that time, like, just playing with my kids and 
involving them in what I do, that it was like playing with them because I had to, and then I have to do all these other things. Um, so my first point is to allow time and space for authentic rest and connection with your kids. And for me, um, and we can't see these, pic these pictures right now, but um, it was like making these crazy costumes with my kids. They come up with like these outrageous ideas and they give me like five seconds. Yeah, this was our one from a while ago, Mr. Lego Man. They give me like five minutes to do it and no resources and I have to like figure it out and I feel like I'm on like Project Runway or something like that. And it, it sounds really silly, but it like actually started to refresh me when I realized like this was my outlet for that creative gift thing that I feel like the Lord had given me that I get to do it with my kids and teach my kids through that. Um, and I felt like I was operating in my purpose and what he had called me to be and adding something to my kids. I was feeling, filling their love tank while I was practicing my gift, and I feel like it's really important to practice your gifts. My second point is to center your life around God. I feel like this is something that's so easily lost in motherhood. Motherhood becomes an idol almost for... I mean, for me, it has before, and I know there are a lot of people that have had those struggles, that it's easy to realize that motherhood and your children are the center of your life, and that everything else is functioning around it, and nothing's really falling into place, and you don't know why nothing's working the way that it should, that you have to realign your life to have God at the center. Psalm 127.1 says, unless the Lord builds the house, the work of the builder is wasted, and I feel like that's so true. Like everything else falls from that motherhood and marriage and your gifting, your identity, your career, and your calling and your purpose. Everything is underneath that when you have God at the center. So okay. then um, my third point is prophesy and speak over speak life over your children. I feel like in those moments where we're slowing down and I just want to preface this all with saying, like, it doesn't have to be an all-day event. Like, I know that there are a lot of moms that work or whatever it looks like in your home. Like, it can just be a few minutes that you're pouring into your kids, but it's so valuable. So watch them and listen and be present in that and speak to the person that you know that God is calling them to be. Like, they may not look like it right now, but speak to that person and build them up, lift them up to where they need to be. I think that this is a tool that we get to use. It's a tool in like generational discipleship. It's not just right now. It's years and years behind us. This verse, like, I felt like it just kind of blew my mind. Psalm 78, 4 through 6 says, we will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord so the next generation might know them, even the children not yet born, and they in turn will teach their children. You as a mother have that ability to plant those seeds for generations after generations. Even if you didn't have a mother that was that example in your life, you get to be that for someone else. And that is a huge, amazing privilege. And I feel the weight of that privilege that I get to be that for my kids. It's, it's awesome. So I, I think, I don't remember where I read it, but um, there was a book somewhere that said mothers are the CEOs of the home. And I... <laughs> Like, it's so true. I feel like I'm the CEO of my home, and I'm the creative director, and I'm the culture builder of my home, and I have the ability to change the atmosphere of my home. When I'm joy-filled, when I'm happy, when I'm playful, when I'm 
finding my identity in Christ, that's when everything else in my life just falls and my kids are happy and they're content and their love tanks are full. So you have the ability to, to do that in your home. And lastly, I believe that God has called you. I think that it's really easy to realize like, or to, to feel like God called you before and now you're a mother. And maybe he'll call you later, but right now I'm a, a mother. And I don't think that that needs to be separate. I think God has called you. Isaiah 49, 16 says, I have written your name on the palms of my hand. That you are a person and you're not just a mother. A mother is a piece of that. And he's called you. He has a higher purpose for you. You need to be practicing your gifting and your calling and your purpose now in motherhood as your season. So you can transition into that next season that God's calling you to be. Don't wake up in 20 years when your kids are out of the house and realize, I have nothing to offer. I haven't been practicing for 20 years. I have to start from nowhere because that's when people get lost, right? So I think that this is the time now. Find a place in your schedule now. Don't add to your schedule. Find a place for it now because it's so important for mothers and for women to build the kingdom of God. So... um. Yeah, I, I, I think that you are a child of God, and you're being built just as your children are. So have grace, and slow down, and be present, and, and be a mother in this season. But also remember that you're a person, too, and God's called you to that. So um, the very last thing that I will say, if you don't have a mother example in your life, find someone. That's helped me so much that I have strong, amazing women who have been there and done that, that I get to leech all of their wisdom and just be around and just ask questions and see what their children look like and see what their families look like and see the example that I want in my life. So find those women in your life and just do everything that you can to be around them. And when you are that mother someday, remember the people that are behind you and pull them up with you. So um, that's all I have. So I'm going to pass it on to Marsha. was awesome, wasn't it? Wow. It's so cool listening to both of them. And by the way, Justine, I have done this before, and I'm still scared. So, so. <laughs> Listening to both of them, I know there's a, I would say great minds think alike, but that would be prideful, so I won't say that. I know God is making a thread here of some stuff that he's trying to impart, because I can see things where it's like, okay, he wants a double whammy on that one. So... <laughs> Wow, those lights are bright. Ah, you're all like little blobs out there, you know. <laughs> well, I have the privilege, I think unique privilege, of having all three of my grown adult children as part of this church. You guys want to stand, please? Yeah, they, they hate me already. Yeah, come on. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, kind of like Justin said, what, what fun would it be? What fun would it be if I was up here and I didn't embarrass them just a little bit? I mean, isn't that my job? I think it is. So I have some shots. So the, the first... <laughs> wrong one. Okay, that's Kendall. Can you go to... Ta the oh, come on, Gabriel. <laughs> Taylor is the one I'm looking for first, although it's fine for you to look at. This is all three of my kids. And they all are very unique, all have very different personalities. There we go. 
All right, so this is Taylor, my oldest, and that picture is a little distorted. Sorry, honey. She's much cuter than that. And Taylor and Kendall and Mark and I when we were very young and cute. <laughs> and Taylor was born smiling with dimples and never stopped, ever. She bounced her way into our hearts. I mean, she bounced literally through two crib mattresses. We would, you know, in the morning, we were never woken to a kid crying or saying, get me out of here. We woke up to, that's what we'd hear coming from the other room. And at night when it was like her bedtime, we'd be, where's, where's Taylor? And we'd go in there and she's got her crib bars just jerking them like, get me in this bed. She was just, unique. she was a joy. She was like a dream first child. But I do have to say, as the older of three siblings, she learned the art of uh, manipulating her younger siblings and learned it really well. So um, that's Kendall. If you could go to the next slides. This is your worship leader. <laughs> and Kendall, she was not born smiling. Although she was a joyful child, I don't mean to, she was an easy, joyful child, but she had this frown. She would give everybody the evil eye, like, like she was just checking you out. And all of those pictures are on videos, so I couldn't pull any of them up. But it was funny, and she, um, she was just unique. The, the worst thing that Kendall ever did was spray paint the neighbor's roses. <laughs> she was trying to help them. She was trying to help them be prettier. She thought, you know, they were dying, and she was helping them. Of course, the neighbors were not happy. But that's like the worst thing she ever did, you know. And, and talking about, like, Taylor and Kendall and their relationship, which was you guys who have children, you know, sisters. and It's just funny to watch. But I can remember this one time, and I don't know what Taylor did to Kendall, but her response was, Taya, you're the devil. <laughs> And when she did that, Taylor was like, oh, I've got you now. You know, it was that total manipulation. And Kendall was like, please don't tell mom. Please don't tell mom. Please. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Kendall was the morality and purity police of our family. <laughs> and still is. <laughs> and I do not mean that in any bad way. She just... She has a call of God on her life. It started very young. She heard the Lord and walked this purity thing out. At 11 years old, she's leading worship. At 12, she, she did a, a conference on purity for young girls, for like 100 girls. She organized it. She just has had this thing and walked it out. So we love her. <laughs> and then came Colton. And we used to tease with Colton that he didn't know what planet he was on. And we don't mean that in a bad way. He was just such a happy-go-lucky kid, and he's just off in his own world, you know. And it's, it's not a bad thing. Um, the worst thing Colton did was he cut the neighbor girl's hair. Now, they were little, and I mean cut. I mean butcher, like Edward Scissor's hand was turned loose. And the neighbors, of course, were not happy. And in his defense, he said, Mom, she told me to. And I thought, well, here we go. It's Adam and Eve all over again. Don't do what she tells you to do, you know. 
the other thing, though, uh, I homeschooled the kids, but he spent his first year in kindergarten at school because when he was born and came time for school, I threw up my hands and said, I can't do this anymore. You know, we all kind of need that break. So anyway, I put him in kindergarten, and uh, they were standing in the hall. They were, he decided they were all bored and needed to be entertained, so he mooned them. That was an interesting call to get from that kindergarten teacher. Your son mooned his class. Anyway, yes, unique. <laughs> okay, and then the other ones that you showed already of the three of them when they were younger and growing up. And then here they are now, our families. And they've given me two precious grandchildren so far. You all know uh, Wild and Wooly Nolan, and Ryder here is five, and they're wonderful. Anyway, enough of that. I'll never, yeah, you should see me trying to find pictures. It took me like two days of, oh, look at this one, you know. <laughs> so so I, I, I entitled this Motherhood is Supernatural. And uh, I'm not talking about the process, you know, of everything from intimacy and, and conception to uh, labor and delivery and pregnancy. I'm not talking, that is supernatural. I'm not talking about that, though, although you do have to, at least I do, you do have to stop and wonder, God, what were you thinking when you made the process like that? <laughs> you know, It's like, would you have done it that way? I would not for sure. I'm sure it would have been something a lot simpler. Anyway, obviously he knows what he's doing. But I'm not talking about that, although it is supernatural. I'm talking about motherhood, the raising of all these little ones, is meant to be supernatural. <sighs> And I guess what I'd like to say at my 63 years, I know, you're shocked. Oh, at, my, at, my, at my 63 years and raising these kids is, moms, don't worry about your children. Don't worry about them. You know what? It doesn't get any better when they're older. <laughs> In fact, I think it's worse you know, just when I think I got all of them squared away, bam, there's something else, you know. I asked a friend of mine a little while back, I said, when do we stop worrying about our kids? And the answer is never, never, unless you stop that process, which I've had to do multiple times throughout my life and still have to work on that completely. Um, <laughs> don't worry. You know, we that's a natural instinct for us. We, it's that mama bear and her cubs thing. It's just natural, and we are champion worriers. I am a champion worrier, and we worry about everything. You know, we worry about, oh, this one's not walking yet. <laughs> Look at her. She's walking. You know, this one's not talking, and oh, you know, this one's not eating, and this one's not sleeping, and, and we're comparing them to the, Look at her kids, and, and we're thinking, you know, all the food we eat is poison, you know. <laughs> How are we going to get money for braces? How are we going to get money for college? And we can just go on and on, and it never stops, you know? <laughs> At least it isn't for me. And it doesn't produce anything good, not one thing good. It produces sleeplessness and tears and fears, and it produces, you know what it produces? It produces manipulating and controlling, which can then interfere with maybe what God is trying to do in, in your kids. So this is just, I mean, how many of you have ever said this? I'm afraid I'm ruining my children. Is it just me? 
Yeah, I mean, something of that nature. Oh, my goodness. And it is just not the way God intends for us to live. So what he wants to do is he wants to take the natural, that natural thing, and he wants to put the super on it and make it supernatural. So Philippians 4, 6 through 9 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, we all know the second part, and we all go, yeah, peace that passes all understanding. Yeah, give me that. We just forget that it's contingent on the first part. That all of these things that we want to get anxious about, we've got to lay it down. We've got to give it to him. We put those requests before our Father. And that's not a hard thing to do because it's our Father, it's our Abba Father, our Daddy, who knows every hair on your head, you know, who said, look at the lilies of the field. Look at them. You think I'm not going to take care of you and your kids? So we put those requests before him, and then we thank him for the answer, and then we can rest in that, and that's when the peace of God comes and rests on you. Wouldn't you like a little peace, moms? Wouldn't you like a little peace? How about some joy? You know, how about some patience and kindness and self-control and gentleness and all of these things. Well, this see, this is where, just like Jen was saying, this is where the supernatural comes into play because what are all those things that we need to do this motherhood thing? All of those things are the fruit of the Spirit. And where's the Holy Spirit? Out there somewhere? You know, out there, oh, God, help me wherever you are. No, he's in you. He's in you. And that may sound really simplistic, but I have to remind myself of that every single day. Because there are so many things that we hear all of our life. We hear them in church. We hear these things, and they become this pie-in-the-sky thing, and we go, yes, the Holy Spirit's in me. He's going to lead me and guide me. Yes, amen. But what we fail to do is just translate that into our normal, everyday grind. And that's exactly where God wants to be. The Holy Spirit is in you that whole time. The Holy Spirit is right there in you 24-7 waiting to strengthen you and give you grace and power to operate as a mother. And see, we're so busy sometimes trying to do it in our own strength that we fail to just recognize him and let him do it. It's like Jesus take the wheel. You know, he's gladly willing to take that wheel but he's not going to take it from you as you're hanging on, pulling the other way. You know, he won't. Um, so those times when you're overwhelmed, and we all have them, right? I still get them those all the time. Those times when you're overwhelmed with life. Uh, you know, as, as young moms, it's like, you know, Johnny's diaper's overflowing. He's got diarrhea coming out. And little Susie's over here throwing up. And you're running across the room to get to one, and you step on a toy. And what comes out of your mouth is not praises to the Most High God. You know? <sighs> I wish it was. But my family will attest that that is not the truth. <laughs> I am speaking to you today from personal experience. This is something I've wrestled with and continue to wrestle with, but I found the answer. I found the answer. It took me a long time, 63. But I found the answer, and I want to impart that to you. You know, our job, Jim said this, you know, our job isn't to 
scrap and struggle and fight to become super mom, you know, or to become the mom that we see all the other church moms being, you know, or there's nothing wrong with, like Justine said, there's nothing wrong with having your good comparisons, like Paul said, be like me. There's nothing wrong with that, but we can do it to the extreme where we are dependent on that and we're striving in our own strength to become something that we think we're supposed to come. We can even strive in our own strength to become the Proverbs 31 woman. As good as that is, it's like it's not good in your own strength. You can't do it. You're going to just feel condemned and you're going to feel like a failure. Our job isn't to fight for that. Our job is simply to do this. Just like Jen said, our job is to surrender. And when we surrender, we let the Holy Spirit make us into supermom. And he will make you into supermom. But you know what? It will not be a supermom like anybody else. And your children won't be like anybody else. And your li- This is God who made fingerprints different on every single person in the whole world. You think he's going to make cookie cutter moms? He's not. You have a destiny and the comparison just needs to stop. You need to just be free from that. The bad comparison, you know, I'm not cutting it. I'm not cutting it. You need to stop and just surrender and let the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do in you and embrace their uniqueness and embrace it. He is there to help you. I'm telling you what, the situation might not change. You're still going to have those chaotic, awful times, but your reaction to it, And your ability to deal with it will be completely different when the Holy Spirit has the wheel. Completely different. I can attest to it. My family can attest to it. My husband now can attest to the times when I am, yeah, yeah, sadly failing. And the times when the Holy Spirit's got me, wow, it's different. It's like, who are you? You know, and it works. It's the truth. And you can absolutely turn from this place of being overwhelmed with life and kids and dirty dishes and houses and diapers and whatever to being completely overwhelmed with the goodness and the faithfulness of God. And I'm telling you, you can. You can find joy in every situation. You can go from this place of panic to uh, peace. You can go from a place of um, anxiety and frustration to a place of patience and self-control. You know, you can go from a place of fear to a place of faith. You can find joy in every situation. There'll be things where you might have blown up before and you will laugh because of the power of the Holy Spirit. And you might be saying, that's awesome, but how do I do that? I'm going to tell you what I do. It's simple. It's the word surrender. It's all of those things. I, before I even get out of bed in the morning, say, Holy Spirit, you have me. I'm giving myself to you today. I'm giving you everything. I'm giving you my thoughts. I'm giving you my body. I'm giving you my mouth. I'm giving you my desires. I'm giving you every situation that's coming, and I'm saying, Holy Spirit, flow through me. Let me represent Jesus today. Flow through me. And then whenever that comes to my mind during the day, and I just become aware of the Holy Spirit in me 24-7, you become aware of that. You just say, yes, you have You have me. You have me. And there might be times when some situation is occurring and you have that split second to just go, Holy Spirit, help me. And there might not be time. You will see the difference, though, because he will be faithful to what you've asked him to do. And I promise you, this will work. 
you are, if you are feeling overwhelmed and feeling like I just don't measure up and I don't know if I ever can, I'm telling you, you are not alone in this. You have God himself in the form of the Holy Spirit inside you. You have access to everything you need to be supermom.